I ended up taking these big cones and I painted like psychedelic colored flower petals all over them. He had one that was flowers. He had another one that was like a psychedelic beetle. You know what they look like. You know, so when people would see him, they'd smile and they go, "Oh, how cute!" And he'd wag his tail. Welcome to Dog Cancer Answers, where we help you help your dog with cancer. Hello, friend. Today on Dog Cancer Answers, we have the most amazing true tale for you. Diana Gerba is joining us to talk about her Bernese Mountain Dog Tesoro, who had quite a cancer journey. He racked up $60,000 in bills and Diana got that all paid for by her insurance company. So let's talk to Diana now and bring her in to find out more about Tesoro's journey and just how incredibly special this dog was. I know you're going to enjoy this true tale. Diana Gerba, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. So your dog's name was Tesoro. Correct. And Tesoro has a special meaning in the Italian language, and it is? It means a treasure, and he was truly a treasure for me. You know, a very, very special Bernese Mountain Dog. And he came to me, actually, I had lost a puppy prior to that, and his name was Donato, and I lost him to a death cat mushroom. Oh. He was six months old. Oh. And it was the same breeder, you know, we were devastated with the loss of this little boy. And... You know, she had bred another girl, and she was like, I don't know if there's going to be puppies. I don't know. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm ready for one. You know, and then she called me and said, yes, yes. And I'm like, yeah, I am ready for one. I want this boy. You know, <laughs> and there was all, and she's like, there's got to be one good one in there. There's got to be one good boy. Because she knew that, you know, I really wanted to show. I wanted to take in the versatility. And there was only one boy in the litter. And he was a pretty special guy. And Tesoro was a Bernese Mountain Dog? Correct. Tell um, me a little bit about that breed and why you like it. I love that breed. And I actually was in the breed for about 30, 32, 34 years. Mm. They are amazing dogs. Just absolutely amazing. They're, you know, big loves. You know, they're gorgeous looking. I remember when I saw my first one, I was just like, oh, my God, I want to have one of these someday. It's mm -hmm. like, oh, my word. You know, they're a beautiful tricolor. The males are loving and strong, but cuddly and silly. They're great with family. It's amazing dogs, you know, and they're a working dog. I mean, all the things you can do with them. Historically, you know, we're known to be draft dogs and general farm dogs. So they're supposed to be a little bit aloof with strangers, but, you know, mine never were. <laughs> they were just very happy loves. And they would pull, you know, from the farm, they would, in Switzerland, they would pull the um, milk cans, you know, filled with milk down to the market, and then they would return back up the hill with the cheese. There were also <laughs> drovers, because in Switzerland, the, the cows would slowly go up the mountains. And so as drovers, you know, they weren't herders, so they didn't, you know, go running around crazy. They would slowly move them up the mountains, and they would move them back into, you know, the houses where they were supposed to be. Just kind of yeah. encourage the cows to go to the correct place. Yeah. In belonging to the Burner community, you know, and clubs here, we carried on the traditions of, you know, what they were bred to do. So Tesoro 
you know, and all life burners, you know, went through, we did obedience with them, but we also did draft with them and they would pull carts and have draft tests. And a draft test is an amazing thing to do. It's a working relationship with your dog that is, you know, phenomenal to build. Oh. And, you know, because you would not only, you know, go through like a, a regular like obedience little pattern, but then they would hook up to a cart and, you know, as a novice dog, you would be on lead and you would go through a course, a maneuvering course, which would entail going around things, going through a gate, closing a gate, you know, going through weaves, you know, a sound, you know, a distractions, changing of pace, having someone come up and greet your dog, loading your cart, unloading your cart. So it's Thing. It's about 20, you know, uh, it's a good amount of time. They have to really understand what the task is and they have to be able to focus on it. Right. And then they would go on a freight hall, which is a half mile freight hall. And they would have to pull, as a novice dog, pull 20 pounds in their cart. As a draft dog, they would have to pull their weight around oh down to the nearest tent to, in their cart. So they might be pulling, you know, 100 pounds. How much um, was Tesoro? Tesoro was 108 pounds oh wow and so when he did he did novice i never did the full draft dog with him i only took him to novice and was attempting to get to master novice which is um, when you have done the test five times we didn't make it to five times what happened well let's see on my birthday actually i noticed that his nose looked a little bit odd Mm. and i'm like it looks a little strange. Why? And I'm like looking at other dogs and I know it really does look odd. So I made an appointment with my vet and I said, look at his nose. His nose seemed odd. And she looked and she lifted up his nose, you know, which was an exam that usually is not done when they look at the mouth and look at the teeth. They'll look at the teeth and under, but they'll lift the nose up. And when she did that, it seemed that it was definitely, there was something growing there. Uh. Um, on his upper gum, under the lip. Yeah. And my vet was like, she says, no, I never do an exam like that. And so the next day they scheduled a quiz. She says, I think we need to get a biopsy. We need to see what's going on. And prior to doing, when I showed up the next morning, they did blood work, you know, to before they, you know, would do the operation. And when they did it, the calcium levels were really high, mm. like outrageously high. And so mm-hmm. we were suspecting osteosarcoma. And they're like, holy mm-hmm. moly, Batman, what are we facing here? Right. Osteosarcoma on the muzzle would be really... Well, it would be really weird, but is there with burners who are known to have so many cancers. I mean, uh-huh. the breed is a wonderful, beyond breed, but they have so many cancers. Right. So they did the biopsy, and then when they did that, they ended up pulling a couple of front teeth because they were very loose and into what was to be the tumor. And at that point, it was, you need to go to a higher level. You need to go to an oncologist. You know, so we made the first appointment at the higher level at Sage. You know, and one reason I'm wanting to talk to you about this is there, there are things that when, you know, when you hear that with your dog that's been your companion and your heart dog, your mind starts swirling and you go, what do, you know, what do I do? Right. And so when going to the oncologist, one of the things I asked a good friend to come with me, because I said, you know, I'm probably not going to hear everything. Yeah, good idea. You know? <laughs> so, you know, why don't you come with me? And she was a dog person. I was like, yeah. So we went in, and, you know, Tesoro was bouncing around full of energy. I mean, this dog How old energy. was he at this point? He was six and a half. Okay, so he was six when he was diagnosed. Yeah. Okay. And when we went in, you know, the oncologist came out, 
And uh, Rebecca, wonderful woman, smart lady. And she's looking at him and she's looking at the results of everything. And, you know, I asked her, I said, another tip, I said, do you mind if I record this on my iPhone? Because I'm, again, I'm not going to remember this. And even also though my a good idea. friend is here, right. you know, and she was like, of course, absolutely. Right. Yeah. So she started looking and scratching her head. And I still was kind of like really freaked by the blood test results. And I was going to ask her, I want the rerun again. Because I'm like, I'm not buying this. Okay. And, you know, she's looking through everything and looking at the dog and going, you know, his energy level and stuff. She says, I don't like these results. I'd like to run this again. And I want to run these blood work tests again. And I'm looking at her and I'm going, okay, darling, I like you. Right. Think it. Right. Let's double check this. Let's get a second opinion. Right. Sometimes Mm -hmm. things happen. Mistakes can be made. So she's like, you fine with leaving him here? Let me run this. I'm like, yep, I'll go out to lunch, you know. So we, my friend went out to lunch, came back, and she's like, we ran the test, and we ran them on three different machines. And what was done before was wrong. Yeah, and she's, I don't know if their machine wasn't calibrated. I don't know if lab results got switched, but everything is fine. Those levels are all normal. There is nothing else. And they also did a full body scan and said, we're not seeing anything else. Okay. With burners, we want to know, is there something else going on? Because that's going to help us decide what is the treatment going to be. Sure. So at that point, it was like, what are my options? Because he had the tumor, you know, underneath the nose. And she's like, the best chance is to operate. And to take the tumor, which means that he is going to lose his upper jaw and he's going to lose his canines. Right. And he'd already lost his two front teeth. He lost the two little teeth, but it was like they were going to cut, you know, the portion of the jaw. Yeah. The upper jaw. And she was like, she says his muscle is big enough. The nose will probably droop down. Uh Uh-huh. But if we get the whole thing, he should be fine. Because they hadn't seen any local invasion. Nope. And they didn't see any metastasis. No. So we're like, okay, let's go there. How much is this going to cost? Unfortunately, the question that you will need to ask. Of course. Um, All of us need to ask it. But luckily, I mean, not luckily, I mean, you know, my last three dogs, I've been with Trupanion Insurance. Okay. So you already had insurance. I had insurance on him Ah. from when he was eight weeks old. Okay. I was like, all right. And at that point, Trupanion was still that you had to spend the money and, uh-huh. you know, and they would, you they know, would reimburse you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So you just submit claims and then right. they would refund you, but you had to pay the you cash pay up front. Up front. Right. They didn't work directly with the doctor, with the veterinarian. They worked Correct. with you. Okay. I know. So it was like, all right, you know, we had already spent like four, you know, the first place and now we were up to like six and eight and nine and... It was like, all right. Um, Nine total you'd already spent? We had spent six at the earlier, and then this was going to be another nine. And so we're like, all right, go with it. And at that point, I was scratching my head because I'm like, well, I don't have that much liquid to throw right now. And my breeder was like, you know, because I was in touch with her. And I really recommend people to stay in touch with their breeders. I know. I mean, they are a source of information, you know, and they care. And so she told me, well, you've got insurance. She was going to Crufts, and she's like, 
here, I'm just going to toss the money into your PayPal account. There you go. That's nice. Yeah, it was like mind-blowing. And by the time she got back from Crufts, you know, it was already back in her account because Tupani does a really fast turnaround. I mean, oh. they had it back to me within seven, eight days. What? Really? Yeah. yeah. So can I just ask you about that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> You're surprised, well, huh? I'm very surprised. I just got a claim paid from like 18 months ago from my human health insurance company. Yeah, I mean, my dog <laughs> had better insurance than I do. I mean, yeah. I mean, they're amazing. So you've submitted, is it online? Did you just like upload yeah, all of I your mean, vet bills and then they just PayPal'd you your money? It, or how does that work? It was, you know, I ended up, well, I had, you know, let them know there was this surgery that was going to occur and it was pre-approved. Yes. Okay. You know, he has this, it needs to be done. You know, here is the bill. What is the day that it was done? I paid it off at the hospital there. And then I got the form and we faxed the form right in. And in X amount of time, it was flipped back into my bank account. And then I flipped it to my friend's PayPal. Auto deposit from Trupanion into your yeah. bank account. Correct. That's nice. And then it gets even better because, you know, it gets wow. better and worse. You know, so, right. um, you know, we did the surgery and, you know, it was it was hard on him. But dogs are amazing. Like they are. You know, he had the big hoodie on and he needed to recover from that. But the bad news was when they went in, they said that they weren't sure that they got clean margins. Oh, no. And so it was, we were going to have to do radiation. Oh. And so we ended up doing radiation. And it was like through 19 days every other day. Okay. We did, you know, an incredible amount of radiation. His skin held up, but we knew that it was going to break down at a point. And that was really hard on. You know, when it started breaking down, it was really tough. He was wearing the big, you know, cone of shame. Yeah. Um, so was it the appointment? Did he mind the appointments themselves? No, no. He loved the appointments. He would go in wagging his tail. It I've heard great. this, but dogs you know, like radiation. I, you know, they must give him lots of treats. I think he got, yeah, really good cookies or something. But he would go in <laughs> wagging his tail. and It was great. And he loved all the people. They fussed over him. And it was fine with him but it was the side effects that started breaking down you know and that was really hard really hard but the other kind of crazy thing was you know you have the big cone machine and when people see you with the cone machine they come up and go oh is he okay oh, yeah you know, right right obviously boy. not okay he has a cone yeah. on <laughs> but um and so i ended up taking these big cones and i painted like psychedelic colored flower petals all over Ah! Here. And <laughs> he had one that was flowers. He had another one that was like a psychedelic beetle, you know, <laughs> that he looked like. You know, so when people would see him, you know, I mean, they would be like, they'd smile and they go, oh, how cute, you know, and he'd wag his tail. And so it didn't, you know, the, the reaction that, you know, for him, that people saw and gave him a smile and were laughing as opposed to, oh, right, right. So it it helped me, it helped him, it helped them. And when we would go into Sage and to the vets, I mean, they always were like, oh my God, these are so great. You know, you got to make these for everybody. They should be What a great quality of life treatment to just seem so simple to decorate the cone of shame so that the dog associates it with extra fun greetings and lots of love. I love it. You know, we would get at Christmas and stuff when we had to go in. It's like, you know, he would wear, you know, the necklaces 
you know, with, uh, he would have his cone on and stuff, and he had the necklaces with the light bulbs that would light up and stuff, <laughs> you know. But it was, we were dealing with this horrible thing. Yeah. But let's put smiles out there. Because there's always something that is not fun necessarily, but joyful. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> right? uh, dogs bring joy. Yeah. Let them bring they, joy. Exactly. You know, and bring joy to them, you know, and yeah. smiles. And so, I love this. And so it was like really looking to continue with a quality of life for him and happiness. Yes. How long was he wearing the cone of shame? Like how long well, did it go on? He, he went, it was like all the time during the radiation treatment. And then, you know, after when his skin broke down. So it was like another month after that. Oh my goodness. I mean, so, so, so 19 weeks straight, that would be about five. Well, months. it wasn't 19 weeks. It was 19, okay. 19 days of treatment. And so yeah. he was wearing the cone of shame probably for almost two and a half, three months. Okay. But, you know, so after the radiation and things looked kind of good, you know, when we stepped back and, you know, his nose was tilted down, but okay. And before that, you know, I was doing obedience with him and he'd already gotten his versatility title, which means he had gotten his CD and he had his one draft title. But we were training for the next level, but that was with, you know, when they would, they would go over the jump and they would have to carry the dumbbell, you know, okay. when you throw the in, dumbbell. In their mouth? Yeah, and they'd have to bring, bring the dumbbell back to you, you okay. know, and you would throw it over the jump, and they'd have to go retrieve it over the jump and come, hold it over the jump and come back. And he had no upper canine. Anymore. Oh. But we would go up to the training hall, you know, just because that was part of our routine. And one day I was like, well, okay. And so I had his dumbbell there, and I was like, oh, so I just put him in a sit by me, and I threw the dumbbell, and he went flying out and picked it up. And came back and sat in front of me holding that thing. And I'm like, he was able to do it. Like, how can you do that with no teeth? (laughs) How's that work? You know? And so I'm like, all right, well, okay, for shits and giggles, let's see what happens. And so I took the big jump out. And I'm like, okay, let's throw it over the jump. And so I threw the thing and he went flying out over the jump. He always loved to go over jumps. Went over the jump, picked up that dumbbell, came flying back over the jump. Still holding it in his mouth. I'm like, how do you do that? You know? So it's like, okay, honey pie, you know, we're going to keep doing whatever we do. Yeah. yeah. He's like, you're limiting me. Yeah. <laughs> Let me pick up the dumbbell. I'd like to do it. You know? So it was like, okay. You know, so we, you know, continued to compete a little bit. You know, we were still doing draft work and we'd go on our trips and stuff. And um, by that point, he was a veteran. You know, when a dog reaches seven years old, they were a veteran. Okay. And so I showed him at regional specialties and veterans. And so, I mean, the, and the judge, I mean, I remember going in one time and the judge looked at him and went, oh, my God, you know. And I'm like, he's happy. Please smile. You know, right. and she's like, yeah. And she says, he's amazing. He's gorgeous. It's just what happened. But he's so, gorgeous. So was his nose, like, really hanging? To, it was very obvious. No, yeah. Oh, it so. like a snow. Yeah. Oh, it was really hanging down at an angle. It didn't bother him eating wise. I mean, you know, didn't he he, totally adapted to it? Totally. I mean, dogs are amazing. We would be whining and crying. Oh yeah. You know, hiding in a corner. I'd be in bed for for years. Yeah. You know, they figure out it's like okay, that's what it is now. Right. Right. This is how I live now. Oh well, I can still carry the dumbbell. Right. You know. So. Incredible. We kept going, and then, um, but we would go back for checks to Sage, 
And we went back one time right before Thanksgiving and they were looking and they're like, I think we need to do another biopsy because they think it was back. And it did come back. And so it was like, okay, shit, now what? And I'm like, no more radiation. You know, she was like, yeah. And I said, there's no more operating. I mean, we're not taking any more of this dog. Um, Were you worried about the surgery, the side effects, or like why not? quality of life at that point. I mean, it was like, if you cut more of that upper jaw, it was like, this is getting, no, we're not going there. Okay. And the radiation that was so hard on him, I'm like, I don't think I could put him through that again. Okay, Diana, hold that thought right there while we take a short break to hear from our sponsors. And now, a message from your dog. Every day with you is like a day at the beach. And I want as many beach days as possible. I want to run and sniff and find a good stick to carry. I want to roll in the grass and warm my belly in the sun. I want to walk with you, run with you, sleep with you, eat with you. And when I eat with you, I want Everpup. The green, grassy, beef liver spiked smell wakes my senses. You may not realize this, but it tastes like homemade gravy, especially when you wet it. It infuses any food you give me with health and life and vibrancy. I can feel it. Everpup traveling to every cell in my body, nourishing each one. Does it roll back time? Of course not. Not really. But it helps me feel like I'm on top of the world. I'm so glad you're giving it to me every day. Because every day I'm so glad to be with you. I'm so grateful to be your dog. And for the ever pup you give me. So now that you know what your dog wants, get Everpup, the ultimate dog supplement. Everpup is available in select pet shops and on Amazon. But to get the best price possible, join the Everpup Club at everpupclub.com, where you'll get your first jar for just $8 with free shipping anywhere in the U.S. Go to everpupclub.com and use the discount code DPN. That is everpupclub.com. Everpup every day. If your dog has cancer, you need to get a copy of the best-selling animal health book, The Dog Cancer Survival Guide. Because no matter what you've heard, there are always steps that you can take to help your dog fight and maybe even beat cancer. At nearly 500 pages, this comprehensive guide is your complete reference for practical, evidence-based strategies that can optimize the life quality and longevity of your dog. It's written by two of the most respected names in dog cancer, full-spectrum veterinarian Damian Dressler and veterinary oncologist Susan Ettinger. With the Dog Cancer Survival Guide, you'll learn everything that you need to know about conventional treatments, surgery, chemotherapy, and radiation, including how to reduce their side effects. You'll also discover the most effective non-conventional options, including nutraceuticals and supplements and diet, as well as mind-body medicine. What I love most about this book, which I've used with my own dog, Kanga, when she was diagnosed with cancer, is how to analyze the options and develop a specific plan for your own dog based on your dog's type of cancer and your dog's age, your financial budget, as well as your personality. You can get the Dog Cancer Survival Guide wherever books are sold, but if you get it direct from the publisher, 
you will save 10% when you use the offer code, especially for listeners of this podcast. Just go to dogcancerbook.com, and when you check out, use the promo code PODCAST, and you will save 10%. The website again, dogcancerbook.com, and use the promo code PODCAST to save 10%. I want to let you know about an important newsletter. It's called Dog Cancer News. Now, with a name like that, it is not for everyone. But if your dog has cancer, you will want to subscribe. That's because every issue features articles that will be helpful, such as low-carb dog cancer diet recipes, new clinical trials, financial resources to help pay for cancer care, information on supplements, and lots of other helpful info that your veterinarian may not know or have the time to share with you. Also, when you subscribe to Dog Cancer News, you will get a weekly update on the topics covered on this podcast, along with links and resources. So how much does Dog Cancer News cost? Well, today, you can subscribe for free. It's our gift. For a limited time, you can get a full year's subscription for free. No strings attached. Just go to this website to sign up for the newsletter now, dogcancernews.com. It takes less than 10 seconds to subscribe, and it is totally free. Do it now at dogcancernews.com. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back with Diana Gerba. Just to make sure that I understand, I'm not doubting that the radiation was hard on him, but what was hard about it? That's one of the things people often wonder about radiation. What happened on his face was the skin sloughed off. And it sloughed off inside the nostrils also. So it got very like gooky and all around his nose. So it was very Uh hard for him at points in time to breathe. Oh, and because so he, he was just being flooded with kind of sloughing skin. Right. And oh. so it was like cleaning this off of him. And oh. he was on different pain meds through that whole time. I mean, his the pill regimen was ridiculous. It was huge to keep him calm. And because he was member to sorrow. Right. Um, right. <laughs> he wanted to run around. He didn't care if his nose was falling off. You know, and but him, for him to be, you know, be comfortable, it was hard. At that point, I also started feeding, well, I fed raw all the time. And the the veterinarians were concerned about that. And I talked to, you know, who I dealt with with raw. I did not have bone in my raw. I had eggshells. And she's like, you can cook all this. So we've, at that point, we changed him to cooked meals so that he was still on the same kind of protein. Same same diet, but he cooked it. 
Okay. Right. And, and this is when the fibrosarcoma came back. You started that. Well, no, you, I said that earlier. Earlier, all okay. through whatever, yeah. you know, the operation and stuff, we moved right. to cook food. Makes sense. Yeah, um, because, you know, who knows? Yeah. So the radiation and with the pain levels and stuff, what was going on, after we had cleared the radiation, I ended up going to a holistic vet also. Okay. You know, because it was like, let's go on both sides of the coin. You know? Right. And, you know, talk to the people at Sage and said, you know, here's the people here. And especially when we got back into that, it had come back again. It was mm-hmm. like, okay, I want you guys to talk to each other. Oh. So everybody knows what everybody is taking and giving. So we don't have any conflicts, you know, with any kind of medication. It's like, this is what everything is. So whenever I would go to the holistic vet, I would take up all the meds and say, this is what, you know, he's on. And when I would go back to Sage, I would show this is what, you know, they've got me. And then we also went on giving him a marijuana also. Uh So he had CBD oil and it was an increase in dosage. So it was, you know, pretty hefty. Is that legal in your state? It's legal in California. Okay. So here's the other kind of little craziness. So at that point, I mean, I had all these supplements and I called Trupanion and they were like, oh yeah, we pay for all the supplements. Ah! 90%, 90%, you know, they covered all the supplements. It's like, okay. What? Did you submit all of your receipts going back? Yeah. And they covered them all. And they covered them? Oh my goodness. My next dog, we're getting pet insurance. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's crazy not to, especially, you know, with a Bernie's Mountain Dog. I mean, especially with a Bernie. Now, for a Bernie, it costs more, you know, because they have a higher incident rate. But I must go back to, okay, when we were doing the radiation, Mm -hmm. at that point, True Panion changed, you know, how they dealt with submissions. So when we were doing the radiation, it was that would just bill directly to Trupanion, I didn't have to put the money up front anymore. Oh, that's I would nice. just have to pay my 10%. So you had to submit for the surgery, but then when it came to radiation, they had changed the policy and they paid, right. They worked directly with the vet. Right. right. And so not all vets do they, you know, I mean, the vet has to be able to, I guess they have the agreement with Trupanion that they will right. do that. They're you know, in they network. It in that way. Yeah, in network, correct. <laughs> you know, but they did, which was just a godsend to me. The radiation was expensive. Then after, when they found it again, we were like, okay, you know, what are we going to do? And I went on to Google. I mean, I'm like looking, you know, what else can I do? And I found this company, Torigen, Mm -hmm. who does immunotherapy. And this was back. They had just kind of started. So I called them and talked with the head of the company and said, this is what my dog has, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, yeah, wish that we could have gotten the tumor because they could have used that. Because they um, target based on the genetics of the tumor. Tumor, correct. Okay. Correct. So I had Torigen talk to my vet and my surgeon, oncologist and surgeon. And they said, okay, well, what we'll do is we'll pull a biopsy plug and we'll send the biopsy plug to Torigen. Okay. So I called Trupania and said, you know, it's a new treatment. Um, you know, and I sent them stuff and they're on the phone and they're looking and she goes and talks to their people and comes back. She says, no, this is a treatment and um, we'll pay. We'll cover it. So I want to just make a disclaimer. We are not being sponsored by Christina. 
Right. We have no financial relationship with Trupanion. Trupanion is not sponsoring. This is all just a, it's a story that is a true life, like a true tale about Tesoro and fibrosarcoma and Trupanion. Really yeah. coming through for you. They were amazing. Okay, so, I mean, they were like, yeah, we'll do that. And so when I told them about the, you know, Torgen, I was like, well, out of curiosity, he's also on this marijuana. And, like, you know, the marijuana is costing, you know. Yeah, um, and it about, is. I know, it was like each month. It was about 200 bucks, $250 every three weeks to four weeks. Because it's still, you're still dosing it based on weight, right? And he's 108 right. pounds. So right. you're always spending more money on a 108-pound dog right. than, you know, we were spending on our 8-pound dog, right? Like, right. Exactly. <laughs> right. You know? And so they asked me, is it legal in your state? Uh-huh. And I said, yes. And they're like, <laughs> okay. Then we cover it? Correct. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So it was like, <laughs> Now, is that because it was prescribed by your veterinarian? It was prescribed by my holistic vet. So as long as a veterinarian was prescribing it, they were covering it, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So we just went on that path. And, you know, we did the plug and, you know, seemed to, you know, the immunotherapy. And we would go down for, he had to have, I think it was like, it was like three shots or something. And so we, we, we did that. And we'd go for a while and things were refined. And then, you know, I'd go back again and notice there was a little bit like the bump on the side, you know, and they would look again. And we called Torgy and said, should we do another? And they were like, we don't know it with the road that we're on, but sure. So we did. What was that timeline from when you first started the Torgen treatments to this fourth? It sounds like a fourth shot. Um, I'm trying to remember. You know, basically, he fought for two years. Okay. Two years from diagnosis? Two years from diagnosis. I know, which if you look back as to what, you know, most, he had much longer. <laughs> and in that two-year time, you know, as I said, you know, we showed in veterans at two regional specialties. You know, went down to Palm Springs with them and showed in Palm Springs at the show. We went to three more draft tests, and he passed three more draft tests, one of which was, you know, bless his heart. It was pouring rain at my friend's house. I mean, just, and, you know, as working dogs, you go out in the rain. That's right. The farmers went out in the rain. Right. You did it. Yeah. You know, so the draft is, I mean, it was pouring. And we're out there doing our obedience and doing our maneuvering thing. And at one point, the wind picked up and it blew one of the canopies into the ring. And he just held his ground. He stood there and did what his job was supposed to do, you know. Someone's coffee cup and hamburger bun went flying by him, and he still did his job. Like, okay, whatever, we're, I'm working. Oh, and wow. After the maneuvering ring, you have to do a long down, and all the dogs line up and they do a long down, and their owners go, you know, on the other side of the ring, and you sit there, and it's a three minute down stay. And there were like eight dogs in the ring. So that means for people who don't do this kind of training, because I can't even imagine this. So you go to the, you say sit and stay, and then you walk away and go very far away and wait three and a half minutes? Three minutes, yeah. Three minutes. Three and minutes. the dog stays. Yeah. Okay. And so they're supposed to be in a down, not in a sit. Or okay. actually, they could be in a sit or a down, but they can't change the position. 
They can't change whatever position you left them in. They don't move. Great. You know, and so we're slowly seeing all these other dogs getting up, you know, (laughs) and I'm looking and Tesoro is actually laying in a rainbow. I mean, because it's just a puddle. You know, the whole, like, everything is a puddle. And he's just sitting there. I mean, yeah. he did his long down. Uh, it was just like, bless your heart. Yeah. You know? He's like, Mom um, told me to stay. This yeah. is where I'm staying. You know, and so. He's uh, a good we, dog. Then we went on the freight hall, and, you know, we passed. And that weekend, on that day, um, we had a full complement, I think, about 20, 26, 27 teams. And there was only three that passed, and one of them was him. 26 yeah. teams, but three passed, and Tesoro yeah. was one. Yeah. Oh. Hey now, bless his heart. Hey now, I mean, just bless his heart. He was he was an amazing dog, and everything else about him was healthy except for that. And when the fiber sarcoma started coming back again, the last time, I could kind of see it on the side of his face. And okay, I knew so it's moved. That at that point, you know, okay, we're going to start pressing on the brain, and yeah. the potential for seizures were going to be there. And I'm like, I'm not right. doing. This. I mean, we're not yeah. going to put him through this, you know. And it was talking to him like that, and she's like, Diana, she says, you know, whenever you think is right, is right. And I'm like, I can see his quality going down. You know, so he was a warrior for two years. And again, I never could have done it without having insurance. How much total did you spend? Or did um, they spend? Or however they, you calculate that? Total, it was it was in excess of $60,000. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it to was, sorrow means treasure, and yep, treasure was spent on to sorrow. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it certainly was. Wow! You know. But he lived so well. Yeah. And it sounds like money. Well, you had to think about it. It didn't end up dictating your treatment choices because Correct. they were paying for it. Correct. What a miracle! You know, and that's why I mean, it's like I tell my friends that are breeders. And stuff to like tell your puppy people to get insurance. You know, I mean, I chose Trupanion. There are other ones that are probably good, but one of the big questions for burners is like, look to see does your insurance company cover hereditary diseases? That's a uh-huh. big one. Yeah. It's a real, real big one because you buy the insurance and, you know, you get the cancer diagnosis. And with histio in burners, they go, well, it's genetic. Uh-huh. And yeah. so the coverage might not be there. So, you know, when you get insurance, you need to check it out. You need to, right. to look. Ask those questions. And none of them are making plans that are apples to apples. You cannot make apples to apples comparisons. Yeah. They all cover things differently and different things are covered. So for you, Trupanion was covering hereditary diseases. which And is, they had no maximum top. They didn't no like say it was going to be a limit out. I mean, so I had a... I think I had a deductible, and their deductible is per illness. Oh, okay. But, you know, everything was related to his fiber circle. Right. So that even when he came out of remission, mm-hmm. that was still considered part of the original illness. So it was Correct. Not, you didn't have to pay that deductible more than once. Correct. So do you mind me asking what your monthly premium was? I think it was like 120 a month. Okay. I think it might be more now for a brother. Okay. I mean, now I have a Tibetan Spaniel. They know. I have a little oh, guy. They're know. so lovely, too. Yeah. He's 14 pounds. A big difference. A very big difference. And actually, I got him when I still had to sorrow because all my friends were like, you know, oh, my God, Diana's going to go crazy. 
if she loses to Sorrow, what's she going to do? And I was like, I couldn't bring in a puppy at that time with him. And so I was very lucky. Again, it was my breeder called me up one day and said, you got to take this dog. And I'm like, I've never even seen a Tibetan Spaniel. But she was right. And he is a gift. And he's an amazing, amazing little guy. It's taken me on an amazing adventure. What's his name? His name is Marco. Marco. Well, of course he's going to take you on an adventure. Oh, yeah. Marco Polo traveled all over the world. <laughs> right. And so when he has... We have to be careful me, what we name our dogs because it matters. It does. It truly <laughs> does. And Marco has taken me... He's actually from Hungary. Uh-huh. And I've taken him to the National Dog Show in Philadelphia um, where he got best of breed two out of the three My days. Goodness. He's been to the National down in Orlando. He was number three owner handled two years in a row. We went wow. to Westminster and he got an award of merit at Westminster. So he has uh, taken me on a whole different journey than Tesoro took me on. But uh, Tesoro actually, you know, I got him in July and Tesoro passed away that following March, you know, so they had time together and the two of them really loved each other. How old was Marco when you brought him into your family? He was a little over two years old. Okay, so he had gotten past his puppy, puppy, he puppy. He had been past the puppy, so he actually fit right in. I'd say within two days, the two of them were sniffing the same sniffs and peeing on the same bush. And, <laughs> you know, had a, a good friendship started, I know, oh. uh, and really glad that I had him when I had to say goodbye to Tesoro. How I, long before Tesoro passed that you got Marco? I missed that. Uh, well, I got him, got Marco in July. And Tesoro passed the following March. Mm. So they had some time together. And uh, Tibetan Spaniels really like big dogs because their heritage is that they were alert dogs for the monks. So they would be on the monastery walls looking out. And they would alert something. And then Tibetan Mastiff, the big guys, would come out and take care of the problem. (laughs) They worked together. (laughs) They were a team. You know, so, and even to this day, I mean, Marco just loves to have burgers come over, you know, and see the big guys. Oh. On the topic of guardians, Bernese Mountain Dog Breeders and Owners created, uh, I think it's called the Burner Guard Foundation to help address health problems in the breed and work towards solutions. So can you tell me a bit about that? Barbara Packard started it many, many moons ago, um, realizing that it was really important to not only track pedigrees, but also to track illnesses and to be a source. So Bernagard exists, and the Bernese Mountain Dog community also has funded a lot of research for the different types of cancers. And one of the things that we do with burners is that when there is a tumor and a dog dies, we do do necropsies, and we send the tumor samples up to University of Michigan where they are kept and uh, researchers, when they need samples to study, they can go up there. You know, so when I lost my prior Bermuda Fidelio to histiocytic sarcoma, you know, his tumor was sent up there. And with Tesoro, it was like his tumor and his diagnosis and stuff is also sent. So it's another way when people, you know, they should look to their breed clubs to see if they have anything like that. Because it is a way that your dog can help other dogs. Absolutely. It is really important. You know, one of the things I've really noticed over the years that people who go on the cancer journey with their dogs become incredibly 
Well, I, I don't know. Maybe they're all already incredibly compassionate people, but it seems to open up this whole new dimension mm-hmm. of compassion and of real wanting to help other dogs, to prevent, right. you know, I would do anything I could in my power to prevent anybody from going through what I've gone through. I think yes. you're the same. And Correct. most people I know whose dogs have gone through cancer feel the same way. Like, I would spare anybody this. And that's that's a wonderful way that Bernese mountain dog owners in particular can contribute to the body of knowledge to help future dogs. And there are other ways too. We do a lot of shows about this and we'll make sure that we put some, we'll put links to everything in the mm-hmm. show notes to make sure people can access that. Yeah, it's important. Oh. I mean, going forward, you know, and helping it's the birders, you know, again, they have a lot of cancers. And so there are, you know, Burner Guard is a place for people to go to see what are the clinical studies that are going on. Mm-hmm. You know, um, can I be part of a trial? So it's like, where do I go? And for Bernese Mountain Dogs, you you know, for puppy buyers, you can also go and, and look at the pedigrees and look at the health records and see. It's like, I mean, where are we at? Right. Let's you prevent know, cancer um, by choosing you know, and yeah. you know, but it's also a wealth of knowledge for what are the genetic tests? Is the breeder that you're going to, are they doing the tests? You know, not mm-hmm. only for, you know, because now there is a test for, you know, for NCO. It's basically, it's it's in the breed. But it's like, are they doing the test for femoral breath? Are they doing the test for DM? You know, so it's educating yourself as a puppy buyer also to know what you're getting into. And that's burnerguard.org. Yes. Okay. We'll put a link in the show notes. It's a fantastic, fantastic resource. So when Tissaro finally passed, was that something that you helped him with or did he go on his own? No, we helped him. Mm-hmm. I know. And in knowing that it was in talking with the oncologist that there was a good chance that he was going to start developing seizures because you could see where the tumor was growing. I and see. it was like, no, this is not. So we need to let you go and um, we need to release his spirit. And that's another thing that I've always, you know, like people have the expression, I put my dog down. And it's like, down where? You know? <laughs> right. That's the wrong yeah. direction. <laughs> it's like, this is not the thing to say. You know, right, I put my right. dog down. It's like, uh-huh. and so I, I've been a big proponent of, you know, and when I talk to my oncologist and stuff, it's like, we should be saying we release their spirit, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to, I put my dog down. So we released his spirit, and um, I took uh, Marco with me. After we had done it, I brought him in to the room so he could see to Sorrow. And it was very interesting in that Marco went around and, like, sniffed all the pads on his feet. Aww. You know, and just sniffed all the pads and then came up and looked at his face and then came and crawled into my lap. And my oncologist, who was there with us, you know, she was just like, I've never seen anything like this before. And I was like, well, you know, they're buds. And he had to have, make sure he understood what was going on. Yeah, we have I think this is what's happening. Yeah. It is what's happening. Yeah. And I'll let them honor their relationship that they had also. Mm-hmm. So it was um, a very, very sad day. And I miss him. Terribly. Yeah. And how many years has it been? Uh, it's been four years. Yeah. What I know about grief would fill a teacup, but I feel like I know a lot. Yeah. (laughs) And there's just, there's so much to know. (laughs) 
But one of the big things is that, in my experience at least, the grief never really goes. We never stop missing. No. It's just that we get used to the absence and then get a reminder of of it, a fresh reminder. Yeah. And it's just as intense for me. Yeah. You know, I'm still mourning the dog I lost when I was three. Yeah. I mean, you remember them in your heart. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and the time spent with them. And each dog, I mean, each dog has a special place. You know, yes. none of them are the same. Nope. Um, they're all different. They all, I tell my friends that each one, you know, they make you a better person and a better trainer. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you figured out the one dog of how to get around those issues, but the new one comes in and goes, whoa. <laughs> I'm different. Yeah, I can do this. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah. You know, but Cesaro, had, he had spirit, I mean, and I think, you know, it was, yes, Trupanion made a lot of it possible, but Tesoro had such a strong spirit. I mean, he was a fighter. It was really obvious. And after we had thought that, you know, we had really, the first time when we really, we were good, you know, we had got through the radiation, we had, you know, and we thought we had made it. I had this ribbon made of uh, a cancer survivor, you know, cancer warrior ribbon. You know, and we went down to Sage and Rebecca, and we stood out in front of Sage and took a picture of Tesoro with his ribbon, you know, just like the judge would present um, <laughs> at a dog show that she was holding the ribbon. You know, <laughs> um, you know you're looking for those things to, to make you smile when you're on that journey. Right. That's what I want to ask you. What is the most important piece of advice that you have from your journey with Tesoro? to share with our listeners? I truly think it's looking at quality of life. And just because you got the diagnosis does not mean, okay, it's all over. You're going to go on a journey and look for ways to enjoy life, that time that you have with your dog, and make smiles. Make smiles for him. Make smiles for other people. And it is possible to keep that time special with them. You know, because none of us are going to be here forever. And we know when we sign up to get that puppy, we're probably going to outlive that puppy. So enjoy that time and honor them. And, you know, when the time is right, you are the one to make the decision. It's the hardest decision that you're going to make. But it's a gift that you can give your dog. We can't do it for our people, but we can do it for our dogs. Right. Well, in Switzerland, you can do it for yourself, too. Yeah. But that's a whole other show. That's a whole other show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Oh, this has been such a wonderful time to spend with you. Tesoro has clearly made it a big paw print in your life, but oh. not just your life, the life of so many people you know. And... I know that many of our listeners will feel his spirit and his presence through you and your story. And I really appreciate you talking to us about Tesoro. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Okay, now we both have tears in our eyes. Yep. It's a cheery episode. <laughs> you know, I'm always crying during cancer, dog cancer answer shows, but usually it's not quite as obvious. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's part of life, and it shows our love. It absolutely does. It really shows our love. Yes. 
Thank you, Diana Gerba. And thank you, listener, for joining us today. I am sure that you're as full of emotions as I am at the end of this conversation with Diana about her treasure to sorrow. He was a special dog for Diana. I know that your special dog means the world to you as well. And even though a $60,000 cancer bill is just shocking to contemplate, it sure does help when we can make decisions based on what our dogs need and what will give them the best quality of life rather than just finances, right? It's so incredible. I know that I'm gonna be with our next dog looking at cancer carefully as a line item in all of the different plans as I compare and choose. To find out more about, well, pet insurance, but all things cancer in general for dogs, join us at dogcancer.com. We have lots of information there about financial resources. Call our listener line to leave a question and we'll make it into a show with a veterinarian. Or if you've got a true tale like Diana's about a dog that really touched your heart and that you helped through their cancer journey, Call 808-868-3200 and tell us about your dog and we will bring you on for a new episode to inspire dog lovers in the future. Because every time we tell our true tale, we're helping people years from now help their dogs with cancer. I'm Molly Jacobson and from all of us here at Dog Podcast Network, I'm wishing you and your dog a very warm aloha. Thank you for listening to Dog Cancer Answers. If you'd like to connect, please visit our website at dogcanceranswers.com or call our listener line at 808-868-3200. And here's a friendly reminder that you probably already know. This podcast is provided for informational and educational purposes only. It's not meant to take the place of the advice you receive from your dog's veterinarian. Only veterinarians who examine your dog can give you veterinary advice or diagnose your dog's medical condition. Your reliance on the information you hear on this podcast is solely at your own risk. If your dog has a specific health problem, contact your veterinarian. Also, please keep in mind that veterinary information can change rapidly. Therefore, some information may be out of date. Dog Cancer Answers is a presentation of Maui Media in association with Dog Podcast Network. Is artificial intelligence going to change veterinary medicine? Well, it already has. Right now on Dog Cancer Answers, we're speaking with Dr. Kelly Deal of Morris Animal Foundation about how AI is impacting veterinary research and the practice of medicine itself. That's on Dog Cancer Answers. Get it wherever you get your podcasts or at dogcancer.com slash podcast.